Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course wisewomanschool.com You can also just go to her website susanweed.com where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you and welcome Susan. Thank you Justine and I hope that your 
Um, well, let's see. What are you saying? You're saying we're on a flight with lots of acidic families, crying babies, autistic people will be on the ground soon. So Justine's on the way here from Costa Rica. We're going to be making another video course and <clears throat> looking over what we did in Costa Rica. I'm really looking forward to spending time with her and Monica Jean. And the weather here is so unbelievably unseasonable. We're talking about February. Temperatures are in the 40s and the 50s. Wow. Wow. Sounds Sounds amazing. Totally (laughs) sounds amazing. Rebecca, at some point you have some news that you're going to share. I don't want to push you to do it Yeah. you don't don't feel ready, but if you feel ready now, it's fine. And if you don't feel ready in the weeks to come, I'm sure you will. Well, I can just share a little bit. It's going to take me, um, of course, a little bit of time to train the new woman that's going to step in for me here on Blog Talk Radio. And um, I'll be stepping away, but I'll, I said that I would act as her support if she needs um somebody to cover for her so I'll still be stepping in sometimes and of course I think Marcy's in there somewhere too so um, you'll have some support through the three of us and the new woman that will be stepping in is Catherine Brickford I believe I'm saying her name her last name right and um, yeah so I just have some things in my life I need to attend to. I just uh, been really busy and consumed, and I want uh, to find some clarity. And so I'm going to be stepping away. <laughs> and your children are older now. They're what now? Eight and ten? Uh, five and nine. Five and nine. Mm-hmm. We think yeah. that when they're babies, they take up all of our time, but they don't really. They start taking up more and more time the older they get. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting with the whole because we decided to go back into school, but I don't think um, either of my kids are very happy there. And I, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, reevaluating in my life what I I need to be doing right now. So <laughs> I, it's hard when you're so consumed with everything to really to really uh, put things into perspective. And um, yeah, so I know I need to make some changes and. Yep. Thank you for being uh, that role model for us. I was saying, hey, these are not the way I want them to be. I need a little time off to see what I want to do. It's so important. I remember being on a menopause program with Christine Northrup, and she, both of us were saying, and when you're during menopause, you should be taking time off. And then, you know, in the at the end of the show, we looked at each other and we went, right, like we're taking time off. Right. So because you will often, and did you, you ever know, end up somebody see something up? you know like that, and then you know behind the scenes they're still working as hard as ever. So I think it's really important for all of us to really see and hear when somebody says, "Time for me to get straight on what's going on in my life." Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't make full disclosure, but yeah, there's a lot going on. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, it's for good reason. <laughs> and well, that's, I'm gonna. That's why I put it on delicately. here with everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was yeah. sure that people would want to know that there was change in the works. I'm not an astrologer, so I cannot tell you what's going on. But this past week, everybody has felt like there's been a big shakeup. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there's everywhere you turn, there's some sort of controversy. I mean, I feel like there's, you know, somebody waving their magic wand behind the scenes, like getting people stirred up, you know, it's like, so it seems so calculated in a way, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's happening everywhere. This week I said I felt like a kaleidoscope that when I just saw the image, somebody would shake it and there'd be a new image. Mhm. Yeah, things are changing rather quickly right now. Mhm. 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 So hang in there, everybody. Fasten your seatbelt. Don't say, "Oh my goodness, what's happening to me?" Say, "Oh look, this is happening to us all. Oh, it's okay." I remember Wobbin. And somebody said to Wobbin, "Oh, I've just been crying and crying. What am I crying about?" And Wobbin said, "You are a woman. You are crying because the earth needs to cry. Never ask yourself that question." Yeah, yeah. And I was so yeah, and, so taken by that answer, like, wow, it's not about you personally. You are giving expression to the whole of the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I worked with uh, Blackberry this week, the the wonderful brambles that we have growing everywhere here. And um, I did an in bulk ceremony and honored the blackberry plant as part of that. And just when I was cutting back some of the the brambles in my yard, you know, it was like saying, saying to me, you know, like that it's, it's so about, you know, like just protecting the earth and like being, bringing up like this deep nourishment. It's something that you so reflect, you know, like, this like deep nourishment, these old roots that are like so hard to eradicate, but you know, it's like, it's bringing up all of this, like kind of, it's like a forgotten, like deep earth medicine, you know, and, and people just think of the berries and stuff, but there's so much more in this, uh, in the whole plant that we can get from it. And um, just to not forget like that we're here to protect each other and the earth and like, not to like lose sight of that. It's like, People are, because there's, I've been seeing all this stuff on women's empowerment, and it's like, what I'm seeing is not really empowering. It's based in consumerism and, like, (laughs) this really false idol representation, and it's like, really, it's like, what's good for the earth is what's good for the people, what's good for the the plants and the animals, and it's, it's really disheartening for me right now to, like, see that there's so much like chaos and like everybody's losing sight of what's really important, you know, like the, where we really need to be focusing. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. 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 And the, the blackberry is just such a deep medicine. I was like, I, you know, I didn't realize how deep it is, you know, like being in the belly and like this whole time of Brigid and like for the rising of the goddess. And I'm just like, Oh, it's so powerful, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to spring. Yeah. <laughs> those of you who are saying, what? And Susan lost her mind. Spring isn't until spring equinox. Remember that the equinoxes and the solstices are the middle of the season, not the beginning of it. Somehow, mm-hmm. modern people have decided that, that the solstice or equinox is when that season begins. But we're talking about Imbolc, and we're talking about Bridget, and we're talking about the Feast of Flames and all of this, but what do most people think of February 2nd as? A deep winter. 
Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> right, right. Right. And yeah. what what is the myth of the groundhog? If it shows its shadow, then there's going to be more winter. Is that correct? I think so. And if not, then then there won't be more winter. But the fact of the matter is that in six weeks it will be spring equinox. Yeah. Whether there's a shadow mm-hmm. or not. And that, yes, winter is officially over, even though, as we know in terms of temperature, it can still be quite cold in February and March. Mm-hmm. We, did, we just went all traditional. We let our fire go out because it was warm enough, which is the traditional English thing to do. That to celebrate the Feast of Flames, you let your fire go out, you scrub your chimney, and then the oldest woman in the house lights the match to start the next fire. Hmm. We did not it's clean so, out the chimney. Yeah, it's so you simple did that? and it's so satisfying. And it's a, a word burner. You know, by February 2nd, you need to stop and give that chimney a little brush brush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prevent those chimney fires. Mm-hmm. So, Bridget, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. the 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 um the church people turned this in also into a day of um, celebration of fire. So we mm-hmm. we're all. I think that we all. Physically, even if we live in cities, get that it's getting brighter, that it's longer, that the sun goes down later, that it comes up earlier. I think we're getting it. It's been happening since since winter solstice. Winter solstice was the longest night, and so every night has been shorter. But six weeks after that, here at February 2nd, we're really – suddenly we really get it, like we feel it. And everything does feel, and if you go outside, I always say this at this time, go outside and start looking at the tree buds. Because over the next few weeks, amazing things are going to start happening with the tree buds. Most people just get caught totally unaware, and suddenly it's spring, and oh, wow, look at all the leaves on the trees. But that's a very slow process, and it starts now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing, I just saw some uh, some nettles are coming up already in my, my garden, and that's pretty exciting that they're already here. <laughs> and snowdrops are blooming for my birthday, and I get to see them because there's no snow. Oh, yeah, your birthday is coming right up. Saturday, 74. Oh, my gosh. Happy pre-birthday, 74. Thanks, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're getting lots of great reports from people reading awesome abundantly well and that's always mm-hmm. so nice to know that my new book is uh is being beloved as a matter of fact one woman who i've been friends with for goodness through three husbands over 40 years <laughs> three husbands of <laughs> hers um said you know i i use all of your books and i read in your books but i've never actually sat down and read one of your books like start at the beginning and read through to the end and that's what i'm doing with this one Oh, good, yeah. I've been taking it in small doses myself, so I, I'll, I'll pick it back up. <laughs> There's an awful lot of information in there. So much information, and yeah. 
But um, I'm hoping I'll get a chance to get a nice long stint where I can uh, read read a good chunk of it. So, <laughs> you know, I am um, sitting here realizing, oops, Susan, you did not look up who you're interviewing today. Well, that's maybe because I just emailed you today because the the woman ah. that we had scheduled. Uh, Mary Hunter, she was unable to do the show tonight. She forgot about a class she was teaching, so I'm going to reschedule her. And uh, Jujana is filling in for her, so we'll call her at 6 o'clock on her, on her landline. All right. Yes, here we go. February 4th, uh, Jujana Budapest, yep, came in while I was out doing some errands this afternoon. All uh, right, yes, I, had, I saw the, uh, the note from... Uh, Mary, that she um, somehow thought it was a morning show instead of an evening show, and that she's busy on Tuesday evening. So, Jujana Budapest will be with us to talk about real women's empowerment. And I'm going to quote Z. It starts with a hum. Put your hand on top of your head very lightly and go, hmm, until you can feel your hand mm-hmm. vibrate. She says this is the oldest ritual in the world, and you can take your hand away from your head. Once you get the your head vibrating, you don't have to keep your hand there. It's just to help you get to the hum you want. Mm-hmm. can already feel it. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So but... hooray for that good work, Rebecca, <laughs> knowing who to call you. Ah! <laughs> that very, very short notice. That Mary gave us, but I, I completely understood what was going on with her. So we look forward, 9 o'clock my time, whatever time it is, your time. Um, that's what, uh, 45 plus half an hour and 15 minutes from now. Sounds we'll good, We'll be talking yes. to Zhuzhana. And we have some callers here. If you have a call or a question for Susan, please press 1 to ask your question. And uh, should we go to the first caller, Susan? Please. All right. The first caller is coming from the 608 area code. Hello, Susan. Hi. Hi. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I was really enjoying the conversation that the two of you were having. It was just wonderful and very fitting with uh, everything that I've been thinking about and certainly a lot of turmoil out here, but also a lot of, oh, it's just, uh, it's an exciting time at a scary time and everything in between. So Yes, I, I'm told that that's a curse in China. May you live in exciting times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, helping me be a, a, you know, an herbalist for my family, you know, to, to help them with uh, anything that might be going on with them in their health. And it's, it's been just uh, wonderful to have, to have this resource of yours uh, through your books and uh, um, on your radio program. So uh, thank you for that. You are so welcome. Um, yes really is absurd to call a doctor with a cold and be told that the doctor can see you in seven days, by which time the cold will be gone. Oh, so true. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my first question for you tonight it, it has to do with my dog. Um, you've, you've answered some questions about my dog uh, 
you know, a few other times. And uh, mm-hmm. the, this one is, is um, he's, he had a split nail. And, mm, uh, yeah, it's owie. And, you know, the kind, when a dog gets a split nail, it could, it could uh, you know, cause an infection, you know, just because it, it opens the toe up. Right. Um, I've been able to keep that under control. Um, I went ahead and, and bought, uh, like, a neoprene boot online so that I you know after I was using a sock on his foot and after a while I was like you know what he, he's, he's not getting ex- any exercise and he's getting a little stir crazy so I got a neoprene boot he wears that during the day at night I wear he wears the sock so that his foot can breathe um, you know and really he there's nothing stopping him from tearing the boot off tearing the sock off I swear to God this dog he responds to magic. I, I, you know, cause there's nothing stopping him from tear, taking it off. Right. Um, exactly. You know, it happens all the time. He could very easily just reach down and with one little nip of his teeth, take it right off. But he yeah. wants, he wants to participate in the healing. He wants, he wants his, his toe and his nail to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Um, and, uh, as long as there's something on his foot, he's fine. But if I take it off, he starts uh, nibbling at his and, and licking his toe. Right. Um, what I've what I've noticed is that I, I believe I've gotten the infection under control. He he hates echinacea, so I've been giving him usnea because he he tolerates that just fine. Okay, good. Um, you know, in in a little bit of uh, 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 you know milk or, or yogurt. Um, but I spray echinacea on his toe because, frankly, it's a whole lot cheaper than usnea. Um, yes, exactly. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so he the infection is pretty much under control. There's no swelling. I can palpate it, pinch it, pull on his toe, no problem. But I wonder if there's a little bit of nerve damage, and that's why he wants to lick his toe, because I think – that everything's healing just fine. Um, any any ideas what what I, I should be looking into here? Let's imagine that you had a hammer and you have hit your finger. Yeah. What is the very first thing you do? You you lick your finger, right? You put your finger in your you mouth. Put your you finger go out in your mouth. Put... That's right. Yeah. So even though we know that dogs' mouths go into some pretty ugly places, nonetheless, yeah. there are healing enzymes in their saliva, as there are in your saliva too. Okay. So he's participating in his healing by licking it. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't think that licking would be um, nerve damage. Okay. Um, plus, it doesn't seem like the kind of injury that that would lead to that. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I'm thinking about like when I've broken my nail off into the quick. Yeah. And the like real yeah. ouch that that is, and I know that as mm-hmm. that heals, as with other wounds, it gets a little itchy as it heals. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I think that might be yep. what's going on, is that he's mm-hmm. pulling it with his saliva and he's dealing with a little bit of an itch 
And so maybe it's time for some plantain. Plantain. Oh, I wish there was some, you know, obviously it's the middle of winter. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm in the Midwest, so, I mean, everything's covered in snow, but, oh, shoot. Maybe well, I can. Well, I'll tell you, one really cold February day, Monica Jean, when she was young, quite young, uh-huh. uh, and had yeah. just gotten out of nursery school and saw me and was so thrilled she came running toward me, not looking where her feet were, tripped over a big root, and did one of those horrible plants where you scrape the skin off the, the palms of your hands and your knees all at once. Ah. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. <gasps> and I said, okay, Susan, where are you going to find plantain? And I looked around, and, of course, we were in a neighborhood, and there were houses that had evergreen shrubs near the house. And I went over to a house with evergreen mm. shrubs and dropped down into the snow and looked under the evergreen shrubs, and there was plantain growing there. Mm. Oh, and so I just chew some up and, and then put it on, on the nail? Yeah. Or if you made some okay. plantain oil last summer, you could put that on his nail. Yeah, which I didn't do. I, I used to have plantain oil, but I, I used it up. Um, That's a good thing to I do. I have with to it. make more. You have to make yeah. some more. So yeah. find a quiet I'll neighborhood and crawl through the bushes. I'll do that. <laughs> Even when the snow is deep, there's places where that snow doesn't get in, aren't there? Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll definitely look at it. When we're taking walks, I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah, Yeah, good. that's the point of those foundation plantings, isn't it? To keep the snow away from the house. Oh, right. Well, I've got some around my house, so I should look. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you won't raise any neighborly eyebrows there if you're just slurking around under your shrubs. <laughs> oh yeah, they—they're used to me. I'm—I'm I'm the hippie gardener who's got a garden in her front, you know, a vegetable garden in her front yard. So they're used to me. The number um, of men who have said to me, "What are you doing?" And I said, <laughs> "The weeds from your flower beds." And they said, "Oh, that's okay." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. Uh, hmm. Wow. Well, okay. I, I will definitely do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely on the mend. Uh, can I, can I just, can I ask you a question about myself? Um, sure. Or just uh, kind of just share with you just a, a brief synopsis of uh, a, something that's going on with my, my health and my life, I guess. Um, okay. You know, I, I've talked to you a little bit about this. I've I've been having issues with like, nosebleeds and you know kind of getting scabs in the inside of my nose and I've been working with um, Ella campaign uh, and also uh, uh, um, with um, horseradish and both of them have been really really helpful uh, I sometimes I'll put coconut oil in my nose to uh, you know kind of you know give just inside the nostril you know I don't snort it what a lovely idea, really. Coconut oil is so soothing and healing. Oh, it's truly, it, it's really, really helpful. It really helps with these dry, you know, the, the heat from the, the, you know, the heating right. system. And so everything. now let's you and I yeah. put two and two together. What were we just talking about? Uh, plantain. plantain. <laughs> so this summer okay. when you make some plantain, you're going to make some plantain in coconut oil, right? What a fabulous idea. Oh, my goodness. 
That's great. So um, when I make an infused oil like that with, with uh, coconut oil, do I want to make sure that the oil's a little warm so it's, it's liquid at first? It does have or... to be liquid, but you're probably going to be doing it in the summer, and it probably will be pretty liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And the first it, but bottle I can, of coconut oil it. that I got came from an apprentice mm-hmm. who came from a tropical country, and she came with her bottle of coconut oil to give to me. And she said, here's mm. this beautiful coconut oil, and she handed me the bottle. And then her eyes got huge. And I thought, mm-hmm. whoa, what's going on here? And she said, I've never seen that. I said, what? <laughs> she says, it's solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can kind of tell, you know, I go in the bathroom. It's like, you know, look, Susan, the coconut oil is getting cloudy. Will you go put another piece of wood on the fire? <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Keep that coconut oil warm enough, and you'll be warm uh, enough. So, absolutely, it's good stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to try that. Even if it's solid, when you scoop it out there, as soon as you put it in your nose, it's liquid. Yes, yes, immediately, immediately. Immediately. And it it feels really, really good, and it smells good, too. So, yeah. It's an amazing preservative for the plants. Yeah. Yeah. A coconut oil, an emu oil is the kind of first step away from the more commercial oils and toward, toward regaining our knowledge of using natural fats. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, and, and eventually I want to start working with the tallows and stuff too. But um, Nothing against olive oil. It's wonderful. It's used now mm-hmm. all over the world. But I know that had we let the animal fats slip away, we would have lost a very important aspect of herbalism. And I'm so glad we have Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's wonderful to to get that knowledge back. Um, so there there's been a kind of a an aspect to this whole thing that's been emotional. Um, you know that kind of drives this condition. I feel. Um, you know, I had you know I'd spent several years in California, and the last couple of years before I moved away and moved back to the Midwest. You know, the fire seasons were, were making me feel like I was getting buried alive. Um, mm-hmm. The smoke. Um, and just the, and, and, you know, it brings me back to what's happening in Australia. It just, just made my heart sink, you know, just feeling like there's, there's just nowhere to, to run. You know, it, it's just pervasive and, 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 you know, um, so many animals and, and people, uh, you know, being killed or, or their health being compromised. It's, it's, um, it would not surprise me if, you know, there are going to be bigger cases of COPD in, in, in the, uh, California and Australia and other places like that. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge deal. Um, it is and a I, huge deal, know, and thank goodness we have our good friends Mullen and Ella Campaign. Yeah, yeah, it's so amazing stuff. Folks, to smoke like that—that's a good excuse to drink a cup of mullein milk every day for six weeks. Yes, if I had been yes to really heavy smoke. I would probably 
do that cup of mowing milk daily for six weeks, once a year for three or four years. Oh, what a fabulous idea as a kind of a, a maybe a tribute, I suppose, or a, or, the, you know. The body tends to remember and to have little anniversaries of things. Yes. Yeah. Have you know? Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, what a great idea, Susan. Yeah. Um, I had a really. And I've also been had having, a really bad yeah, traumatic ahead. injury. I mean, really bad. Everybody was suggesting surgery. I said, no, you know, come free and me. We'll deal with this. But what I did, which mm-hmm. I hadn't done before and haven't had to do since, was. Every year on the anniversary of that injury, I went to somebody who does sports massage, not just like deep tissue massage, but sports massage, and they broke up all the scar tissue. It was horribly painful. Oh. And I did that yearly for for 10 years, and I can put that arm straight up in the air, bend the elbow, and put my hand between my shoulder blades. That's how much flexibility I have. That oh yeah yeah Susan yes so, you're you're bringing up so many things yeah that's yes. great so, so don't just say oh well that's done I healed that yeah body and with that memory and be willing to to keep nourishing yourself okay and of course okay if, good. you know I so love the Ella campaign I I don't even know what to say about it. Mm. Oh, you know, angel eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I, I, I so, grow. It grows oh, in my. It's <laughs> so underused in American herbalism. Oh, oh my gosh! It it grows in my front yard, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and so I uh, I split uh you know a, a root uh this fall and put half of it back in the ground and and took the other half and it I mean it's a huge root. She um, says split. She means from top to bottom. From top to bottom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes yeah. when people hear you say you split a root, they think they mean slicing it like a carrot. No, 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 not like that at all. Uh, uh-uh. no. Slice I, it from I, top I, to bottom. Put half back in the ground. You can even yeah. slice it into quarters and put two pieces back in the ground to get a little more eloquent pain. If you're jonesing for more eloquent uh. pain. Well, I, I'll do that next fall for yeah, sure. It, you know, it's one of those hardy asteraceae. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's uh, our tribe I, is really, you know, really doesn't mind being chopped up that way. Oh, that's so wonderful to know. Yeah, I I, I, I made some of it into a honey and made some of it into a tincture. Mm. And the honey is exquisite. It's just it's it's in with a little Meyer lemon in there. Oh Lord, <laughs> it's it's. In- so how would you describe the taste of Ella Campaign? Well, I know you've referred to it as mothballs, but nice but, mothballs. You know, nice mothballs, and when <laughs> when it's got a you know honey on it, um, it, it's just you can't. It's just there's nothing like it. It's got like a little bit of a numbing sensation. Yep, yep, yep. You know, on the on well, the that's tip on of the tongue. It is so hard to describe the taste of it. Yeah, I mean, nothing tastes like Ella Campaign. Not even OSHA tastes like Ella Campaign. 
No. But wow, does it work, man. It, I mean, lady. <laughs> Whatever is happening in your lungs, Ella Campaign is like a very strict schoolmistress who is going to get that class in order. Oh, it's, it it does, um, but not mean not mean like poke. It's it's uh, not quite that mean. <laughs> oh, so oh. <laughs> so um, and I've not, been having I'm, you know a woman who I've met on occasion from whose body you know no single drop of fluid has ever escaped. <laughs> no, no, no. A little um, juicier than that. I, after all, she's a so yes. loud. Oh, my goodness. Very juicy. Very juicy. Um, you know, I've been having a lot of, like, uh, I've been having, you know, like, uh, conversations in my head, in my, in my body about what's going on with me. And I say, is there something wrong with my health and something I need to be doing? And this voice comes back, you need to have more fun. I was like, really? Is that all? And they, they don't even answer. They just say, you need to have more fun. You need to have more fun. That's all. So here's an exercise that Annie Sprinkle gave us at a sacred sex workshop. We were to write down 10 things that gave us great pleasure. Mm -hmm. And after we had all done that, then we had to commit to doing at least three of those every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, fun just becomes a habit. <laughs> I, you know, I think you're right, Susan. I think I'm, I'm experiencing that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And Thank I found you. very simple things on my list. One of the things that gives me enormous joy is to pet small, furry things. Yes. And in my case, I'm petting a giant furry thing right now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like lap size, but they can be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he's like he's like a miniature horse-sized dog. So Gosh. He's pretty big. <laughs> you have to sit in that yeah. dog's lap. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he just likes to lean up against me, and I just rub him. And he's happy with that. Pretty great. <laughs> So name it as fun and cherish it as fun. Let's not forget that America's deep roots are Puritanism. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's in my ancestry. I, I, boy, I'm so aware of that. So we, we yeah. really have to, you know, make space for and claim fun and joy and pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Scandi and Navian on the other side. All these people are just way too serious. (laughs) Well, all acts of beauty and pleasure are in honor of her. Yes. So, you know, people say, well, you know, is this religion? I say, well, the way that I would wash up in this religion is to um, engage in acts of beauty and pleasure. And they say, oh, well, then that can't be a religion. Because <laughs> if it doesn't hurt, it's 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 not uh, reverent, I guess. 
Well, as Jean Houston once very irreverently put it, she said, hmm, I see. I have a choice between the ecstasy of agony with Jesus or the agony of ecstasy with Buddha. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Oh, so true. All right, my dear. I have so enjoyed talking to you, but we best get off and let the next caller come in. Uh, thank you, Susan. Dream blessings. Dream blessings. Bye-bye. The next caller is coming from the 610 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I think I have two quick questions about a couple things you've taught us all so much about already. Okay, uh, good. One St. Jones. Yeah, one St. Jones Wort and the other is Slippery Elm. Um, I am looking into getting a shingles vaccine, um, and I'm wondering, as I understand it's a live vaccine, and I know two people in my office who had it and then were sick for a day, Um, and I was just wondering about taking St. John's wort, like, before I get the vaccine and after I had the vaccine, and and what your thoughts are about that. This is what I understand. A vaccine or an immunization is the introduction into the body of an infective infective agent, usually a virus. Right. So that the body can learn how to deal with that virus. Right. In this case, it is specifically a virus, a virus that causes shingles, chickenpox, Cold sores, genital herpes. Eh. Yeah, we don't like this. You know, oh, ow, ow. Um, so the vaccine seeks to alert your body to this virus, which actually does hide. It's a hidey virus. It goes and it hides in the nerve endings, which is why before you get that blister, you feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's hiding out in the nerve endings. So what does it mean that we want our immune system to recognize it and react against it? What it means is that once our immune system recognizes the infective agent, it causes a sequence of events, one or more of which will kill that virus. It raises the body temperature. Viruses have a very hard time replicating and living at temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. So we run a fever. But it's not because we're sick. It's because the vaccine is doing what it's supposed to do, and that is alerting the body to the virus, and the virus is saying, ha, got you, I'm going to have a fever. Right. The body also produces a host of specialized substances that kill viruses, which make your muscles ache. Mm -hmm. It, It always amazes me that in the 1917 flu epidemic, the people who died were the ones who were the healthiest. Because their immune system reacted the most strongly against that strain of flu. And their fevers 
went up to 104, 105, and 6. And they produce so much of these immune system substances that the the muscles were destroyed. The body's ability to fight against the flu is what killed them, not the flu. Wow. So when we get a vaccine or an immunization, if it's successful, then we should feel a little achy and have a little fever. Okay. If we didn't, then it wasn't successful, right? Okay. That said, uh, let us reopen Hypericum perforatum, which you call St. John's wort, and I call St. Joan's wort. And I want to retell the story of the first place I was in Australia, and a woman came to the evening that I did in person, what we're doing on the phone now, and she had shingles on her face near her eye, and the doctor said to her, that shingles on your face near your eye is going to cause you to be blind, and you have got to take these drugs. And she really didn't want to, and so she had come to ask me, and I said, Hypericum perforatum, put the oil on the lesion, take the tincture internally, and take a lot of it. A dropper full every hour is not too much. I said, and I don't even know where to, it's my, you know, basically my first day here, and I don't even know where to tell you to go to get it. But I brought a lot with me because these are so useful you know, for me and to share. I said, so if you come to the workshop tomorrow I'll, and bring some bottles, I'll give you some of what I brought with me. Well, she didn't show up the next day. And I'm there for a short while. I'm traveling, you know. I'm in this city, and then I move to the next city. And then I moved to the next city. And a week later, um, I'm teaching at a conference, and she walks up to me, and she says, do you remember me? And I said, you're the woman who had the shingles by her eye. And she said, yes. She said, I found hypericum oil, and I found the tincture, and I did as you said. I put the oil on over and over again, and I took the tincture every hour. She said, and it's gone, and there's no pain of any kind. Right, and I have made both the oil and the tincture this year. So I have it because I, yeah, I I believe it's going to be. My question is why are you getting the vaccine? Hmm. Not questioning the vaccine itself. I've been in nursing homes. I've been with very sedentary people, people who have no muscle control, can't give up, get up. And when they get shingles, it's awful. Right. And these these are very good places to vaccinate people. I'm so glad we have the vaccine. Right. People whose immune system is compromised often benefit from from this. But... You're learning to use herbs, or you know about using herbs, and you have the remedies. And she said, it, 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 this, and many other people have both told me this, she said it was completely gone within four days. Hmm. In fact, the very first person that I ever saw with shingles was in a class I was teaching. And this woman was pretty demonstrative. 
Um, but when she leapt up from her seat with a scream and tore her shirt off, we were all alerted because this was even more demonstrative than she usually was. And I, when I tell the story, I say, if you wanted to believe in evil forces, if you wanted to believe in the devil, this would have been the time to do it. Because she's a very white-skinned person. And from her navel, arcing around to the edge of her rib cage on her right side was a pink welt that was getting redder in pulses, like some unseen hand was whipping her. It was... It was pretty scary. Yeah. But I knew because it was one-sided that it was shingles. Right. Right? Yep, yep. I had had a mild case. Yeah, I had a mild case. Yeah, and we had actually been talking about hypericum oil in class that night, so I tossed her the bottle. She's a very athletic woman. I just tossed her the bottle. She grabbed it out of the air. I said, put that on there right now. She opened the bottle. She put it on. At the end of class, she went to give me the bottle back. I said, no, take it home with you. Keep putting it on. She came back to class the next week. She said it was gone in the morning. Wow. Okay. Well. And the question about why get the vaccine is a very good one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you don't fit those categories we were talking we're talking about, and because right. you might have an interesting experience if you don't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you said Great. there was another right. question. There is another question. The other question, and I usually do say say Joe's word, so um, and I just write say J's on my bottles and all, but um, <laughs> so um. Slippery elm. I have a question about slippery, slippery elm. elm. Would, right. you, would you consider slippery elm to be uh, to have like a a bulk forming laxative type of effect? Slippery elm, like applesauce, is a gut adaptogen. If somebody has diarrhea and you give them slippery elm or applesauce, it will stop. If somebody is constipated and you give them slippery elm or applesauce, they will stop being stopped. Mm -hmm. So they work both ways. Both producing laxatives only work one way. Okay. All right. So slippery elm does what your gut needs. Wonderful. It's one of the reasons I love, right. love herbs, because they're smarter than me. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but thank you. Thank you for the book. Green blessing. Thank Thanks you for your, for your teachings, and happy birthday. Thank you. Green blessings. All right. Green blessings. The next caller is coming from the 206 area code. Hi, Susan. This is Shay. How are you? Enjoying the incredible, unseasonable, warm weather. How are you? Yes, very good. It was so good to hear you and Rebecca talk about Bridget and 
Um, I've been working with her, too, and I just want to put out there a prayer for her to bring her triple gift to us right now with all of the nastiness that's happening in this country and around the world to bring her gifts of healing and poetry for vision and inspiration and uh, her powers of smithcraft so that we can all be mindful of what we're creating. Um, but Thank you so much for that. Yes. The fire of the smith, the fire of inspiration. Yes. And the fire of healing, that fever we were just talking about. Yes. Bridget's three gifts. Oh, thank you so much. We're so honored. Hmm. Well, I'm calling because um, I've called you a couple of times about a situation with my heart. And um, I'm reading your book and I'm reading about um, story medicine. And I've been doing all of these things to just check in with myself about what's happening and I don't have any red flags but there is still this underlying fear and the situation is that about a year ago I noticed a pressure in my chest and sometimes it feels like something is sitting on my chest and other times it's like a radiating sensation that's kind of like sometimes kind of prickly, sometimes it's kind of a throbbing sensation that branches out underneath my breath. And then I try to like touch it and figure out exactly what is the locus. And sometimes I think it's in my breath. Sometimes I think it's in my lungs. And it got so bad last spring that I went to the emergency room twice within a three-week period because I – one of my arms went tingly at one point, and I was terrified that I was having some kind of heart attack or situation. And they did all the tests that they do in the emergency room and couldn't detect anything abnormal. So I made some Hawthorne tincture, and I take that pretty religiously um, twice a day. And you know, I've also been doing emotional, like trying to check in about is there something happening in my heart and I've had different visions. Like one of the visions I had is just um, that I'm carrying something on my heart, that that's the physical sensation of heaviness. And then another vision I had was that um, my heart has broken and it's, it's trying to grow and stretch kind of like a hermit crab seeking a new shell because it's outgrown the old shell and um, the shell is actually this tight band around my chest that I can feel. My heart's trying to expand, and there's this band around it. Um, and I've been working with the tarot, and there are things coming up there about ancestry with my mother and who died in January three years ago. So mm-hmm. when I was hearing you speak earlier with a caller about how the body remembers um, that that kind of rang a bell. Like maybe my body is remembering this loss of my mother, which was a lifelong loss because my mother was very sick with alcoholism um, mm. my whole life. So I didn't really mm. um, ever really have have her. Um, mm-hmm. mm. So I just I'm calling on you because um, 
I believe in you and I believe in myself too. And sometimes I just need a little bit of wisdom and experience and intuition from outside of myself to touch in and, and give me some perspective. You know, if, if yeah. there are any alarm bells that are going off for you no. as you listen to me talk Absolutely about Absolutely not alarm bells. What do we associate with the heart? We associate feeling and emotion with the heart, right? Yeah. And what you seem to be doing is doing your best, and it's a a cultural thing that we are taught, to take the feeling and to draw it up to your head Mm. and to talk about it. And have it be something and be something that can be in words. And I want you to stop that. I want you to work only with form, image, color. Let me give you a small example of what I'm talking about. When I was writing my first book, Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, I was flipping terrified. And I said, Susan, what what would, you know, allow you to do this and really, you know, enjoy it? And I said, if if my heart could talk. So I got some green fabric for my heart. And I wrote some words on pieces of material and kind of made a green bag and stuffed all those words in it. And then I attached blue streamers for the throat chakra and had them, because the throat chakra is above the heart, right, and had them like streaming and falling like water over it. Oh, And I hung that up where I could see it when I was writing. Yeah. Yeah. We are somatic creatures. We live in our bodies. Our culture tries to tell us that we should live in our head. And it wouldn't be possible for me to have a major health situation with my heart and not not be able to have like have a sense of that. I'm not I'm not living outside of my body. I'm in my body and I'm in tune with it to a very deep and intimate degree. So I think this, this, it must be true that the fears that I have, that I have some kind of heart, like physiological heart issue or lung issue or something, that that's just fear. If there was a real issue, my body would let me know. The real issue here is death. And I find that the best way to deal with that issue is to say to myself, today 
is a good day to die. Oh my gosh, there's that pain. Today is a good day to die. If you're coming to take me by heart attack today, today's a good day to die. My affairs are in order. Today is a good day to die. If you are so concerned, and I'm not saying that in any way you're wrong, I think we should all be concerned about dying, then let today be a good day to die. And that means start living like today is the day you're going to die, right? Yeah. One of my teachers said to me, the heart is a soft organ. It cannot break. What you call the breaking of your heart and the pain associated with that is the breaking of the boundaries around your heart. Oh, I love that. And I I certainly, you know, don't do something because I suggested or initiated, but I will also share with you that I saw you making some kind of soft heart with some kind of ceramic band around it that you broke or that you took your heart out of and used the ceramic thing as a napkin ring or something. Oh, that's, that's very, very much resonates with me. Thank you for sharing that image. Yeah. It all makes, it all makes perfect sense. And I'm really glad that I called you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. You are so welcome. Green blessings. Green blessings. The next caller is coming from the 845 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, neighbor. How are you? Hi, Susan. The The goats made me take them for a walk today. Well, speaking of the devil, I they know came two... to the door, <laughs> well, and they started of... going, "Mah, mah, come out here and take us on a walk in the woods. We want to eat acorns." Oh, red <laughs> acorns, right? Mm-hmm. So many acorns this fall. There's still lots of them out there. Oh, it was a plethora. <laughs> <laughs> I was so how's my you day. tonight? What's up? Well, I know two young twin girls, beautiful little redheads. They happen to live right next to you. I believe they're seven years old, um, but I would say they're mature, seven-year-olds. They're twins. And... um. I offered the dad that I would reach out to you and see what the possibility would be to bring them by to observe. Um, Of course, I would hope that they would learn how to participate, but, um, and it's winter now, so I I think it'll still be a couple of more months. They might be eight by then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but what, what do you think? I mean, I know it's a little bit young, and um, I, I don't know, you know, if I should accompany them or just tell Dad, you know, go ahead, this, this is the day, or or what do you think about this idea? This is one of the reasons why we have work exchange weekends. That's what I told him. I said that would be... Work exchange weekends are open to everybody of every age, and we often have children here, and younger even than that. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't know that. And some children are not interested in doing what we're doing, and some of them are very interested in doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. There's um, several houses on the property, and one has a great stash of toys, so children who are not interested in doing what we're doing can go and be in that house safely with a bunch of toys. So it's a pretty individual parenting decision, you know, how many adults have to be with the kid and how much they have to be with the child. Of course, I grew up, you know, in an era where mom opened the front door, shooed all the kids out, and slammed the door behind us, and then called us home for dinner. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I've known this. um, the, The dad is actually an old friend of my son, so I've known him since he was like 12 years old himself. And uh, did we get into trouble? Sure we got into trouble. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, he, his family has lived uh, in this neighborhood for uh, generations, and he is your immediate neighbor. And I was asking him how they were doing, and uh, they have so much energy. And um, I said, you know, does that interfere with their school? He said, no, they do very well in school. Um, I just think that it might be time for them to meet uh, you and what you do and um, see where it goes from there. And I thank you for saying that it's okay. Absolutely. And And the schedule of Work Exchange Weekends has been posted at the website. Yes, you can find like it March, there. Our first right? work exchange weekend is April 11th and 12th, Easter and Passover Easter. weekend. That's right. And that is just wonderful. Just wonderful. <laughs> oh, just so For those wonderful. who'd like to celebrate by getting their hands in the earth. Well, I'd like to come just to watch them, you know, enjoy themselves. I just, I used to be a teacher, so I just well, that's love That's right. This. We start at 10 o'clock with Talking Stick. Yeah. Right, we have we sing or we do a talking stick ceremony, and then everybody knows what there is to do, and either they choose a task or they say, "I'm going to go." You know, there's always goat watch, right? There's always somebody who has to hang with the goats. You just hang with them. I could do that. <laughs> I was we, wondering what what could I do myself because physically, as you see, we do not have the goats fenced. We herd them. Right. Right? Because we do not want them standing in the middle of the no. road, which they okay. would happily do. So they just get closed in at night for protection, correct? Correct. Ah. Correct. So a, so an adult has to be with the goats at all times when they are out, right, getting them off the road. And they're not allowed to eat any tree or shrub within view of any house. Of course. Right? They can go out in the woods and eat whatever they want. Okay. Right? And they came to the door and they say, take us out on a walk in the woods. Come on. And they ate um, 
hemlock needles, and they ate some pine needles, and they stripped a couple of small pines of their bark, and they ate acorns, and wow. they nibbled a little uh, lichen off some trees. Like Osnia? Um, there's not much Osnia around me. The more the flatter lichens grow on the trees here. Now, with the usnia, if you were going to prepare your own, I mean, the reason it's so expensive is it has to be processed, correct? You can't just like throw it in 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 a in a vessel and, and pour water on it and drink it. it doesn't have to be like uh, soaked with uh, either ash or baking soda or something. People do a variety of different things to get into Usnia. The first successful Usnia tincture I made, I made by mistake by putting it in a brown bottle with vodka and sitting it in a window where the sun hit it. Uh huh. The excellent herbalist Cascade Anderson Geller, who uh, lived out in uh, the Pacific Northwest and taught all over that area, was a big friend of Usnia. She used to put the Usnia in her freezer. Then she powdered it when it was in the freezer. And she boiled that powder and a little bit of water, and then she tinctured that. Well, after you boil it, you would have to dehydrate again? No. 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 Oh, so she made like a double extraction with the water and the alcohol? There's always water in the alcohol. There are alcohol-soluble yeah. constituents in plants and water-soluble constituents. Yeah, you know, I don't, e- I don't even like that. I- I've been trying to say that to people now because um, I-, I thought of that, and then I heard you say it. And I-, I love that. I think of all these things, and I don't even have to ask you because you just answer, answer, answer. Uh-huh. I have learned more <laughs> from you since I've been listening to your show um, for about, oh, I don't know, maybe less than a year. And I can't thank you enough. It's just I, I, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot of journals like you. Um, but there's nothing like just training information back and forth to really get to the heart of of what works for, you know, who and what and, you know, just all the different languages, the way they talk, it just, I like things more simple. And yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get my mistake for even saying what I just said about the double extraction. It's not a mistake at all. So, the you know, it's just that the usnea is particularly tough. The cell walls are especially tough and it leads into also an, an interesting thing. At least to me, it's very interesting. The, movement in herbalism through the centuries has been toward drugs. Yeah. So first, we didn't have any alcohol. We used the plants in water or in fat or in honey or in tamari if you're in China because those are the substances we had. Yeah. We would occasionally make wine or beer of plants. But we didn't actually have aquavita, the water of life. We didn't actually have alcohol. Once we had alcohol, 
a whole new page got turned in, in herbalism called alchemy. And the alchemist, oh, right, the alchemist said, it's not just a plant. It has all these different things in it. Yeah. All these yeah. different constituents. Yeah. And if we do this and that and this other thing, we can extract this constituent. or this. That's where the extraction comes from. We're going to extract this constituent or extract that constituent. Right. And the most poisonous constituents can be most easily gotten from, in general, it's not always true, but in general, from drying the herb, powdering the herb, and pouring the most intense alcohol that you have, 198 proof, through it in a funnel. And this pulls out the major poisons from the plant to be used as medicine, of course, right? Right, but in the case of Usnia, don't they... When I started making my, my tinctures in 100 proof vodka, I will tell you truthfully that every other herbalist that I met said, what? That'll never work. There's too much water in there. You have to yeah, have like, yeah, I know. alcohol. You don't want any of that contaminating water. Although they would take their tinctures and they would then dilute them with water, right? Oh, I hate those. One-to-one. Yeah. Or they I, I would don't even like dilute, the you know. And, and what I soon discovered was that my tinctures extracted both the water-soluble and the alcohol-soluble constituents, and so they tasted different, and they, they worked taste differently. Different. They do. You, uh, people that try mine say, how, how come yours are better than in the store? And I said, because most of them are ethanol, ethanol, and watered down. Exactly. And I hate that taste myself. Oh, I just can't stand it. The vodka and for some reason makes the body happy. Yeah, especially if it's potato. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading this article on um, is it NCBI National Center Biology Institute. Or, or N-H-I-M, N-N-I-H-M. I, I haven't Not, heard of it. Oh, uh, well, too bad I can't remember uh, what the acronym stands for. I think I'm just messing it up. But um, they're, they're a national institute and a great database. I'll, I'll try to share that next time when I'm a little bit more clear. Um, but the, uh, we were having a discussion about Usnia and um, they – pop this article in my face and um you know there was a lot of talk about the acid in the uh now in the acid in the usnea now i presume they're just taking that separate component and saying oh yeah this can be toxic so you know i'm not buying into that but in general a lot of instructions i have read do show concern about having too much of this acid and um one girl even said it made her throat really um itchy and i thought oh that's weird um you know maybe it was that acid or something but um so one of the ways that i knew that my usnea tincture was active was that it turned orange oh really Uh uh-huh if it's not orange it's not going to work 
it's just like uh, St. John's wort, where you, you know, mm-hmm. you got to get that collar chain. Mm-hmm. So it takes I, a while longer with the usnea, and I didn't freeze it, and I didn't powder it, and I didn't boil it. And you picked it yourself? Uh-huh. And I just okay, stuffed it in a jar and poured vodka over it, but it was a brown jar, and it was a south-facing window. And what happened? So it got, it got pretty hot. As a matter of fact, it was really funny when I was doing it. Because while I'm doing it, I'm saying to myself, this is the wrong way to make a tincture high. This is the wrong – you're not – why are you putting it in a brown bottle? Put it in a clear right. bottle. You always make tinctures right. in clear bottles. And I'm watching myself, you know. And yeah. then I'm saying, don't put it in that windowsill. What are you doing? Tinctures don't go in the windowsill. Get it away from the light. But you did it anyway. But Right. You know, I'm like, okay, just – you know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You can't do it wrong. You can make an herbal remedy that, like, stinks and you have to throw it away. You can, right? We were at the coffee plantation in Costa Rica making a new video course, which will be up soon, called Treasures of the Tropics. Oh, I can't and the man there it. said, you know, most of the antioxidants are in the fruit of the coffee. The coffee is the bean of this fruit. So he decided to make wine from it. He said the first um, 1,100 gallons he threw away. Because... It wasn't good enough. didn't taste good enough. You can make an herbal remedy. You can make a wine that isn't good enough, and you have to throw it away. But you're not going to kill yourself or hurt yourself. Um, I wonder why that happens sometimes where you get that funny taste. I made yarrow last summer, and I'm using it, and I think it's superior, but it, it reminds me of no other yarrow I've ever taken, and for sure it is yarrow. But it tastes like mouthwash, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I just made it so strong. I don't know. (laughs) The the amount of (laughs) volatile oil in the plants, of course, is going to vary from location to location. And depending on the year, we were just talking about the fact that this past growing season, we hardly had to water I don't even think we watered once. It just rained so fortuitously. Yeah, Everything was just perfect. But yeah. unfortunately, that means the squashes are not lasting very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some things. Right? Right. They're rotting tomatoes. tomatoes. The year before that, which was a really dry year, we had yeah. squash all the way through into the next June. Because they were dry. Those squash were like, eh. <laughs> Well, funny enough, I did everything um, I thought accordingly. Um, I went to the highest, most pristine, special mountain, and it had been dry for, I think, at least five days. What I'm saying is that every yarrow tincture you make will be different, just like like each wine. Even if you make it from the same grapes in the same vineyard, there's a reason they put the year on it, because it's going to taste different. Well, I've decided, um, and I've been, I've been toying with this for years now that um, I don't need to go outside of my surroundings to get medicine that might help me. That I need, I need to use what's here, uh, as as I know you mostly do. I I, I realize like you're very uh, worldwide renowned, so you you do need to know wherever you go what's available that's different than me i'm just stuck here so um 
it's just it's just very exciting to say, well, I keep seeing this plant, I'm going to use it, and this year I'm going to use the mugwort that is just surrounding my entire property. And I'm like, if it's not trying to get my attention, I don't know what it is doing here. <laughs> <laughs> and Usnia is another one. I I see this uh, every, almost everywhere I go, and I, I I've been studying. Uh, mushrooms and, and fungi for a while, so uh, I would never take anything without being 100% sure it was what I thought. But you don't need any special preparation, like I'm reading about all this stuff. Just just throw it in the in the jar and 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 do what do what I want to do. Either make a, a tea or a, or a tincture. Are you asking me about a specific plant or in general? Uh, Usnia, the the lichen. I don't know anybody who makes a tea of it. Okay. I I I don't think I would like to take the tea because I'm sure it's extremely bitter. And I think it's Stephen Booner found some research that showed that there was a special bacteria on the Usnia that might be um, kind of like penicillin. Oh. That, in fact, it might not be the usnea at all, but this bacteria on it and that is really going, the effect agent. And it can live through the alcohol. Right. And they say that it is uh, entirely reliable uh, to instantly kill any strep or strep infection. It's and pretty amazing stuff. It does. It really does sound like it. And um, I'm just planning my 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 outings in my head. Like, okay, these mm-hmm. are the things I I come across all the time, and let let's give it a go and and see what you know. See how see we see we can be good friends or <laughs> or what. But thank you so much, uh, Susan. Thank you for uh, making it uh, just so accepting to to have the the younger children come along. I really appreciate that, and I really look forward to seeing you. Good. I'll be seeing you at some work exchange weekend this year, maybe in April, maybe some other time. Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Green blessings. So we did have a whole list of callers, but um, if you have a question for Susan, please raise your hand by pressing They all gave up. They said, boy, she's just being too talkative tonight. I apologize. I am. And we did have somebody here. Queue up. Here we go in the 609 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, wow. Great. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, Hi. So um, I'm calling you from southern New Jersey near Philadelphia. And um, I actually was on the Enchanted Forest the last show. And oh, how wonderful. I, yeah, it was great. And I mentioned about my Crohn's disease. Yes. And, yep, and I wanted to just ask you some things about it. And okay. I don't even know. Just what you have to say, I I made some uh, slippery elm balls. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if I made them in the right proportion, but they held together. And, Good. Uh, you know, and I just wanted to ask you other things that I can do. 
Um, I am on the older side. I'm in my 60s, and I was just diagnosed with it. But I kind of think it's been lingering in my system. So just what did they tell you about Crohn's disease? Um, Let's see. I had... So mine is called Crohn's colitis, and it's in the large intestine. And uh, apparently, um, what did they tell me? They actually didn't even, I, you know, like it's not like they said, oh, this is what it is, Crohn's disease is blah, blah, blah. They basically, uh, I, I found that out from being online. <laughs> but they just said I have Crohn's colitis, and I have inflammation in my colon, and um I'm not absorbing protein well from my food, or I wasn't. It's I'm better. I'm better now. Um, but um, you know, I've got, and I'm on a mild medication. They wanted me to go on the biologics, which is like you might. It's kind of like a death sentence in a way to take those medicines. Um, at least it seemed like that to me. Wow. Um, well, one of the one of the symptoms, and they say it's funny how the doctors say this. Um, or it's not actually haha funny, but um, one of the symptoms is lymphoma from taking. That's what you could get from taking yeah. these. Yeah, and um, and tuberculosis. If you had a tendency to get tuberculosis, but it's a very very low percentage, so it's not so bad. They say. <laughs> so I've been. So, I've been working. So they. Yeah, so they they diagnosed you. With yes. Crohn's colitis, because you went yes. in with certain symptoms, my understanding, yes. I could be wrong, is that Crohn's is a situation in which there's not just inflammation, but that the gut itself is inflaming itself. It's like it's arguing with itself. Well, like an auto, it's an autoimmune disease. That's what they're calling it, an autoimmune disease, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. So have you ever been around a child who is so exhausted that they are bouncing off the walls and screaming? Yes. Is that child being hyper or is that child really tired? Uh, the, the child is tired. Yeah. Your immune system is not being hyper. Your immune system is exhausted. Okay. And just let me add the other thing is. And one of the best talking. tonics for the immune system is astragalus. Ah. Okay. I call it and a knee slippery elm. You say that again? You you I call astragalus. Some people call it yes. astragalus. Same thing. Okay. Um I call it Chinese slippery elm. Um, because it has okay. the same soothing, healing way of being in the gut. It's not as slippery as slippery elm, so it's pretty easy to make an infusion of. An ounce of astragalus, it usually comes in pieces that look like tongue depressors, right? An ounce of those in a quart jar, filled to the top of the boiling water, tight lid, let it sit for four hours or longer, strain it or refrigerate it, whatever you want, and you can drink as much as you like. You can't drink too much of it. It's nutritive. um, It's healing. To the gut, it's strengthening to the um, immune system. Mhm. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, it's a. No, that's. It's one of the main Chinese herbs, and it mm-hmm. has been taken into American herbalism as though it were ours all along. 
You know, there's a lot of Chinese herbs like honeysuckle that sound good on paper, but <laughs> doesn't work so well or taste so good. But astragalus gets okay. it on all places. Tastes good, easy to work with, yum yum. Okay, sounds that sounds great, and I can do that. I've done infusions before of different things, but I I, I don't do it regularly. I actually just ordered some oat straw and some nettles, so. Um, um, but I will get some astragalus too. And just wanted to add one thing. I always diagnose. I also have Hashimoto's, which is also another immune thing. So, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> so does it seem like my immune system is exhausted then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Your immune system says, "Wow, I am. I have. You know." been working so hard here that I just cannot stop. There was a um, uh, restaurant in Connecticut that served uh-huh. something very tainted, and over 300 people got food poisoning. Now, we uh-huh. would not give a huge group of people food poisoning, but it happened, and we followed them, yeah. and we kept following them you know, for 10 years, and a significant number of them got autoimmune problems, especially... Um, related to how their immune system chose to fight off the food poisoning and how sick they had gotten from the food poison. So, you know, there's another kind of brick in the wall for this is an exhausted immune system. And one of the ways that we can always reset our immune system is to get sick, get a cold, get a flu. I was just reading, and I had to almost like drop the article and go, oh, my gosh, Um, Mm -hmm. that in some very forward-thinking hospitals now, they infect the cancer patient with a cold or a flu virus before they do surgery. So they'll come out of surgery and have a small fever from the cold or the flu, and this absolutely guarantees that the cancer doesn't spread and it's killed by the surgery. Wow. Wow! Right. That sounds, uh, that sounds amazing. No, it's like it's very sounds like but, you know very unusual. People who've been listening, you know, for a long time know Moretta, who calls often, who was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and I said get sick, and it took her about two months, and she called. She got I said I got really sick. I ran a really high fever, and you're absolutely right. I don't have that autoimmune problem anymore. Huh? So should I? Think I should actively? No, yes. Actively. Med- I wouldn't suggest that you, you know, go to China, but do see if yeah. you can, you know, find somebody who's sick, get the, get a cold or the flu. I know it's kind of a miserable thing to do, but hey, it's only miserable for a week, whereas an autoimmune disease is miserable for a long time. I have to say green blessings and good night now, yes. and turn my attention to my beloved Jujana Budapest. Wonderful, thank you. Okay, we're going to dial up Jujana here. All right, we're going to dial up. And while she's dialing, let me mother and Jujana's grandmother, both from Hungary, of the goddess, and surrounded Jujana with the idea of serving the goddess. And I wanted to delight at her house is pieces of her mother's artwork. In 
I remember one of the very first times that I was exposed to a lot of goddess art. I woke up in mm-hmm. Germany. I had been put to sleep in a room in the dark, so I didn't see it. And I woke up in this room. When I opened my eyes, there were hundreds of statues of goddesses around me. Ooh. 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 Comparing it to being in your house, darling. <laughs> well, maybe not hundreds. It was, it was of course, Louisa Francia's room in Germany. Yes. Yes. I love you. I'm so glad you're here to talk to us about empowering women and women's empowerment. How are you, love? I'm good. I'm good. After I had two bouts of the famous uh, bronchitis that everybody else had, I had it twice. I recuperated and I slowly regained my power of walking. And I can walk as much as I did before, because I, I I just couldn't walk more than a little bit, and then had to stop. And now because I you couldn't walk. breathe. Yes. Yeah. So, hi, my deep voice, deep throated, chanteuseish <laughs> lady of the radio waves. Of the radio waves, indeed. I was going on about um, your mom yes. and how yes. she surrounded you with goddess art, and how she I grew Im- up, yeah. how she she imbued in you this this uh, sense of uh, beauty and the goddess and awe, yeah, yes, awe. and the awe how how to how to see her in everything and everywhere. The only thing that I didn't quite master yet is to see her in everyone. I don't see it in Trump. The goddess is not in Trump. I think he <laughs> My mom would say, oh, but, you know, we are who we are, and, and, and uh, we all been everything and everywhere. Yeah, mom, right. Not me. <laughs> China managed to survive Mao and the Cultural Revolution, and you know what? That's a lot more malevolent than the rump. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, We will get get through this. Other countries have somehow survived, you know, this level of disintegration and brought themselves back together. And, you know, I mean, wow, if you really, you know, read about what went on in the Cultural Revolution, it was, well, for instance, my friend Stephen Foster has a friend whose family were the herbalist to the emperor for 25 generations. Ooh. And the cultural, the cultural Revolution took him out of college where he was studying to be an herbalist and made him dig potatoes. Wow, wow. Well, that's not the totally thing. broke the lineage, did not let him learn from his parents, his grandparents, his school, anything. Broke the lineage of 25 generations, yes. and somehow that's still big loss. all medicine in China goes on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll we, also have, we also remember um, through other means as well, it's not just the genetic passing it down, it's, it's <laughs> Somehow in the air, it's somehow, you know, suddenly. Mm. At the beginning of the show, that's so true, at the beginning of the show, Z, I had everybody put their hand on their head and hum. 
Good. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. That's a big, big, people don't realize what a big deal that is. Um, it's being discovered, and the men are teaching it, you know. Oh, look, me, important man, teaching this thing. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I've been teaching it 50 years. <laughs> I remember that when you first taught us to hum, you said that we were humming like the bees, like the beehives yes. that represented the exactly. goddess, and that the humming together was one of the world's oldest rituals. Yes, yes, it is true. Plus, it clears uh, the organs and the uh, chakras get in touch with each other. You unite your parts with the hum. And, and uh, the other simile I use often is that imagine that your skull is a bell and you strike your bell when you hum with air. And there it is. I'm so glad that um, I, I remembered it at the right time and passed it on because uh, now, now it's used. It is. It's such a simple thing to do, to hum. Yes. And you know who else knew this? The opera singers. If you lose your opera voice, then, or even if you don't, before shows, if you hum, you clear the mucus from all your um, throat um, instrument there, and uh, you can sing. It's a, it was a great way to cure yourself of laryngitis. I had no idea. In That's fact, right. I wish I had known that years and years ago when I used to get laryngitis regularly before I learned oh. how, to, how to not get laryngitis. Yeah, that's another good way to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I was thinking about what to talk to you about tonight. Well, you were billed as talking about women's empowerment. And no, I want to. I mean, that's just normal. I know, and I want to say that I think that you have empowered hundreds of thousands of women by bringing us back to the goddess. Uh, what I see is that that women, by nature and by culture, want to serve. And they can very easily lose themselves in doing that. And that well, you bring to us, through your goddess wisdom, the understanding that the first service has to be to make ourselves the yes. goddess. Well, yes. You, you have to discover your own divinity and believe in it, which is really hard, especially if you're oppressed. And you think of yourself, oh, I'm low down, trodden, and oh, everything is happening for a reason. No, no, everything does not happen for a reason. Sometimes things are happening because you have not done something against it. Uh, What I'm preaching now, and I'm using this word with great caution because I don't like to preach, but um, this is a time to get also hold of our Joan of Arc. This is the time to pull it together and really lock arms and spirits with other women and give out a great blessing and encouragement to all the women of color who will lead us now 
I really, really think that's where the rage is still very fresh. Um, and the rage is sacred. You should not swallow your anger. If you, have, you feel rage, your goddess is pissed off. And that's a good thing if you recognize that. Um, I can't believe what a, what a lack of courage I see around me. And I get very mad. When I go to, uh, this is one reason I'm not invited often, but <laughs> to these academic goddess gatherings where they present papers and congratulate each other on, on the written this and read that, and they don't do much else but write. And that's not enough anymore. I write, but I also kick ass. And um, I hex because it's a time to fight, and that's my weapon. And things happen because you put psychic energy behind it. You do something as simple as uh, go out on the full moon, which is going to happen soon, I think next weekend, and light your candle and talk real loud and from the heart to the moon who is responsible for organic life on earth. The moon is a visible goddess. You don't have to imagine her. She's there. She creates everything. She creates the weather. She creates the waves with her magnetism. And she helps us stay on course with our wobble so that we don't spin off and, and get lost in the dark universe. The moon is a very important planet. It's a luminary. And um, everything that grows is attuned to it, including us as babies and then in women but the bleeding and the, uh, and the cycling changes, purifying ourselves, cleansing ourselves. Um, it is now time to be revolutionaries again, not just on paper, not just read about it, not just imagine it, but actually do something like, of course, vote when it's time to vote and vote for every woman candidate who is a Democrat. <laughs> there you go. That's why I vote. We'll I make it easy that. for you. <laughs> it really does, and it takes me. You know, you know I, I once uh, sent a note to a man that I knew, and he sent me back um, this cartoon about a witch, which was really unflattering. And so I sent him um, uh, a postcard. And um, I said, if we can send one man to the moon, we can send them all. It was a p picture of Earth from the moon, right? <laughs> and he wrote back and he said, ha-ha, but you'll still be left with Margaret Thatcher. I bless, bless Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> bless oh, Margaret. I have nothing against that lady. Not immensely popular with a lot of people. <laughs> well, who cares? Men don't like females in power because we, for one thing, right away would stop war. Because what is what a mass abortion mm. way past way post the uh, um, birth, and it represents 20 years at least from a woman's life. That little baby started very helpless, and it was a woman who made it into a human. And as as having done that, when I when, when they take our sons to fight. They don't even call them human anymore. They are now troops because that's like distancing us. It sounds like we are talking about shoes or something, troops. And, and we are to kill other women's babies. 
Like that's just insane. If the women who have any problem with another country, we would only negotiate with the women, never negotiate with the men, because the men immediately will start thinking about possession, um, power over. They are intricately unfit to lead. Every so often you see exceptions and bless on those sons, but the sons can be easily bought and seduced into killing other sons of women and then arriving at the end where just graves. That's how we get graves. There's nothing resolved with any of these so-called wars. Nobody, <clears throat> nobody's saved. Civilization has not been advanced. It's insane and it's against nature. Who gave men the power to kill our babies and other women's babies in the name of some made-up narrative? Nobody. They took it themselves, created their false narrative. They go by stories they make up that support selfishness, obsessions, and they, they sell this to our sons saying, you are now protecting women and babies and civilization. No, well, you I don't. Just learned something. I just learned something the other day that I had never known. I guess shame on me. But during the Civil War, you know, when there was very heavy draft, um, if you were yeah. rich enough, you could buy someone else to take your place. Well, well, that's still going to kill other women's babies. Bad. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> yeah. then if you're rich, you know, if you're rich enough, you can actually hire somebody to do this for you. I mean, oh my gosh. This is, well, you know, that that because of course nobody nobody wants to do that, which is why they have to have dress. And of course I that was my generation. My generation yeah. saying yeah. how are we going to get out of this? And I remember one of the young men who had been drafted, and he had to go for his thing, and he decided the way he was going to get out was he was going to piss his pants. And he did, but he was wearing boots, so he just, like, filled his boot, you know. No. I went to school with a boy who, who uh, was drafted. It was acting school, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I wrote about this. And he um, he read in the book that if you eat your hair, that's considered a sign of some psychological problem. Uh-huh. You and so he practiced as an actor eating his hair. He got very good at it. I couldn't watch it. I got nauseous. But then he went in and ate his hair brilliantly, and they said, nah, that's all right. You're still coming. And oh, darn. So he, oh, dear. <laughs> he, jumped off, he jumped off from the top of his apartment house. No. In New York, yeah. Oh my gosh! It was, Whoa. It was his name was Martin. He could not go and kill. He could. He just rather died. And so he did. And so he did. What was um, his name? Do you remember? Ma- just uh, Martin. I don't remember his last okay, name. Okay. Well, we 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 hear you, Martin. We're yes. with you, Martin. We understand. And I wrote about him. It's it's going to be in my autobiography because he was a good friend of mine. And then we, we made sport of it. You know, we all had to do exercises, acting exercises. And his eating hair was the most spectacular one. <laughs> we all oh, oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. It's terrible. It's, terrible. It sounds like you're saying that 
and I think you're right, that women's, when women are empowered, they act differently than when men are empowered. We would stop war in a, in a minute. In a, in, and this is why they worried. Because if there is no war, then what is manhood if we cannot kill other, other children or mothers? Well, you know what? You have to get a trade and do something useful. There are lots of ways to spend your lifetime without killing other women's children. And that's not showing any strength. That just shows that you got bamboozled. And there you have it. You've got now nerves shattered, maybe lost some limbs. And all you get at the end, if you die, is your name on a wall. And nobody can tell you 10 years even after that war. What was that war about again? Because the lies kind of thin out when the war is over and go away as well. Um, but they can rile up men with what? With their manhood, the so-called manhood. They rile up our sons with bullshit stories that they are protecting women. No, they don't, especially not now, because it's not going to be worse on the boots on the ground, as they say. It's going to be uh, with invisible weapons, with bacteria and, and, and vibration. And, 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 and drones. Uh, and, and drones, yes. Um, in other words, it's not tech, techie uh, killing and uh, it's not as personal as it's the, war, the, the, the mano to mano kind of struggle, but killing is killing, and it's inhuman, and it should not be celebrated, and war should all stop, all of it, and take that money and create a good life for the few years you got on this planet, for heaven's sake. It's not forever. You are here, you are young, even shorter time, and your job is joy. You're supposed to have joy every day, cause it, eat it, sleep it, joy activities. That's what we're supposed to do as humans. And women are the real human beings, as my mama said. We create everybody, and hence we are everybody. We are the human race, and we've been doing a, a, an enormous, important job elevating our our species, but now the species went bazooey and it's suicidal now. The wars are at home. They're not out there. There is no out there. I learned this from you, by the way. There is no away. <laughs> there is no away, you. correct. <laughs> I thank you for that. That was, oh, yeah, that was your wisdom. There is no away, especially now. And there is no fear of war because they like to glorify. There is no fear of, of, of war. There is just killing fields and stench and disease and poverty. I was born into WW2. I, I was born on the, uh, on the festival of peace, the goddess Pax and P-A-X. It's not the best sounding name for peace, but that's the name of it. And... It always was very important to me because I saw war as a toddler all the way. And then I lived under the Russians. And I can smell the propaganda when they put it out because it's always the same. And when Putin wins here, we, uh, we will have one person so-called running for the presidency and it'd be the same person. 
and it be a male. If you allow the Russians to take away our democracy, it would be no more elections. That's the first thing they get rid of. And yet, even then, they told us children, because we were doing folk dances and fun things, you go on the streets and make the people feel good about the day and that we are voting, voting. And women have the power to vote now. We give you the, the rights to vote. Yeah, but I said, who, who is running? And that they just mentioned one person, a guy, some guy. And I said, yeah, and who is the other one? And there was just silence. Everybody shut up around me. They saw and looked at me. I was 12 at the time. I couldn't imagine that you call it election when there is just one person to vote for. And, and then this is what happened. We were, we were on the streets creating good mood. And then I looked into the room. Are you there? Can I, can, don't see. Are you there? Did I lose you? Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, I'm glad because... Uh, and and there, were, there was like one big room with an urn in the middle. You had your piece of paper. You had to make a cross on the paper, walk across the room in the middle and put it in that urn. And on both sides of the room where there were doors, there were soldiers standing. So uh-huh. that, was, that was the joyous occasion of voting on the, on the Russians. That's what, that's what they want to sell you here. Believe me, you would not like it. Americans, you don't know how deeply you would not like it. I can tell you, I've been there. I saw it, even though I was just a kid. But it was easy to see that there is no election. Right. And how do they do it? Exactly. You know, there's nothing to see here. Um, they would say, or, or they create a story, and they say, well, that's what happened. And if you don't buy it, you get punished. Whoa. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit worried, not a little bit, I'm sort of deeply worried that some of the bots have bumped, stumbled into my Facebook and I, I, I smelled them and I exposed them. And the right next day, I could not get into my Gmail, I could not get into my Facebook. It was uh. like all and it took me days to get hold of everything again. And um, I'm, I'm worried because I can't really shut up. <laughs> That's not a forty I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's hope it was just a glitch of the moment and not any uh, particularly targeted or intended. Oh, but this- but they thugs. They, they they would think nothing of it to start killing off um, loudmouth Americans. I'm I'm a Hungarian political refugee, so they know that my my credibility is real. Um, I've been there and I escaped, and I'm here, and I feel safe-ish in California, the bluest state there is. But there is no more away. There's no place to hide. It's these um, powerful males want to find you. They can shorten your otherwise, you know, joyous life. I'm, I'm very upset because I there's think, nowhere else to escape to. I think it's I said that's the end of the, uh, unless I go to Japan, there's nothing more here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Japan has their own pollution going on. 
when I go to your when I go to your goddess conference, it's as though none of this exists. None of it. It's because so, the three the three no. talk to you about eternity and yes. endurance, those redwoods resistances what they are built with and oh. and to see how they how they managed and especially those trees that have memories of big fires and yet they endured that too. Nature has a way to endure everything for life. Life is strong. Once she gets hold of some good life force um, place like a tree, she clings. <laughs> Staying here. But the goddess, yeah, the goddess festival is going to be slightly different this year. They're going to perform my play, The Rise of the Fates, as a reader's theater, Mm -hmm. Thursday. And um, I'm going to put more performances in. I want more theater. I want more fun. I want Uh, a ball. Yay. (laughs) That is um, a lot of... If somebody wants to come and join the fun... Do they go to Z Budapest to find out more, or Goddess Conference, or? Yeah, it's not conference. It's Goddess Festival. Goddess Festival, of course. Sorry. Yes. It's all hands-on and and uh, physical. There, there'll be no papers being read. We will we will try to sell books, but uh, it's it's experiential. And getting a good tree massage. <laughs> Full of, full of good vibrations. And uh, you look at how they live and they make circles. These redwoods make circles and they talk to each other and they pre- they, they protect each other. Um, it's just amazing. Um, and if you've ever seen a redwood upside down to see their roots, they are artwork. They are beautiful. They are, they are artworks. Um, every so often they fall over, you know, they, and they become home for lots of creatures. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh. And I'm so grateful for being with the trees here. This is one of the only places in the world where the redwoods live. Yes, it is. They're, so, so they're, I feel so gifted. Yes. So present. Yes, yes. And tall, tall. <laughs> and incredibly awe-inspiring. You see how much bigger, they, they operate on much bigger uh, scales. They drink their water out of the air. Gallons and gallons of water every day out of the fog. They drink the fog. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Wow. So you're coming to the festival as as usual. You, you are, sorry. Keep yes. away. I, it, it's such... Well, as I say, first of all, you know, when you're there, it's like, okay, the rest of the world, really, that just is not is not happening. What's really happening... No women and the goddess and being in the redwoods and taking care of each other and wearing beautiful wreaths and oh. so I you know I always suggest to any woman who feels like 
oh, you know, this this old world is getting me down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it's not good the kind of world we created for ourselves. Um, when I lived in New York and I lived in Port Washington, which is more forested than Manhattan, um, even there I yearned for more green, more more nature. Um, I felt like I couldn't breathe quite, you know. I, I never felt lighthearted. And especially not in Manhattan. That was just overwhelming buildings and too many people. And of course, not even mentioning the horrible subway. I mean, those are those were little moments of hell that you <laughs> entered for not having to walk all those miles, but um, very disappointing smells in the subways. I did do too well there. No subways at the Goddess Festival. That. That is no subways in the Goddess Festival. At the Goddess Festival, um, it has started with a self-blessing ritual. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. Can you tell us you a little bit about that? Yes, the self-blessing ritual um, is in a circle with a big mirror. This is usually indoor fish. We we have places that are sort of semi covered up, but um, we we can do it at, in any weather. And we sing a song. Um, it starts with "Bless me, mother, for I am your child." And you think about what that means that you are part of the universe and you are a child of the universal goddess. And then. We go, bless my eyes to see your ways. And that's a big deal to recognize who you are and see you. And then, bless my nose to smell your essence. And that's all the good smells you ever smelled. The flowers, the good food, each other. Um, It's life smells. And then finally, bless my lips. To speak your names. And then you take a big, big breath and you go, Bless my breath, forming strength and beauty. Bless my belly for pleasure and life. Bless my feet to walk your path. Bless me, Mother. For I am your child. And this you do naked in front of everyone. And then you put your clothes back on and the next woman steps forward in front of the mirror. And it's important that you actually confront your reality in the mirror. You confront yourself. And you are put in a position that you have to let go all the self-loathing about your body Right there. You have to let go of it because you're much bigger than that. You don't have to please anyone. If you are already perfect. And when you bless yourself like this, there is a wave of love comes from you to you. And you realize, oh, my God, I could have given me this kind of a feeling so much more often. And here it is. And you really, often people cry. They burst into tears 
because I can it's see women completely transformed by this ceremony. It's so simple, and by you remember you went through it. Yes. And and then I used to do this until I finally said, that, "What? The, I, I'm gonna go through it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be part of it. And I'm not just giving it. I'm gonna be receiving it." And when I did afterwards, I said, oh, my God, and I'm giving this away like popcorn? (laughs) (laughs) This is so stupendously good. I could not, I mean, we have to really respect it more. But, you know, I I spend my life popularizing the idea that women are the real human beings, that the goddess lives in us, and that all persons are our children and those are the two kinds of people who live on the earth, the mothers and their children. And there is just variety. There's no separation. And um, this ritual just pulls it together. And you feel how... And, and of course I support all these ideas by watching a tremendous amount of science on television. I just love those shows about the planets and, and how things are, how the universe works. I love that show. And, and I, I even take this wonderful what? that women are the real people and let yes. that our last statement because in a couple of seconds they are going to slam the blog talk gate on us. You know how they get that. You know, it's like, boom, that's your time. Um, so I want to remind everybody that this is Susan Wee talking with Zhuzhana Budapest, also known as Z, Z Budapest or ZB, and go to thegoddessfest.com and come and join us at the Goddess Fest in the Redwoods. You will be so happy you did. I in California. You. It's in California on the right. West Coast at the very edge of the continent. We we will be our air will be freshly delivered from the ocean, and right. in September and you, you will love it. Your body will love it. See you there. I love and you. Thanks for being. I love you. I love you too, my 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 dearest first daughter. Uh, you, you have. I never forget it. Uh, Quiver River. Who wants to be a witch? And then she puts up her hand. Oh, come here. What's your name? (laughs) And it was Susan. It was you. It was you. It was you. It was you. (laughs) Embrace you and you. Good night, Rebecca. And thank you for helping restore herbal medicine as people's medicine. As always, I appreciate you. Green blessings and good night, everybody. Just got a... Message from Justine. They're on the grounds. They're going to the car rental place. We'll see them tomorrow and uh, tell you more about it next week. Bye bye. And kisses. Have a great birthday, Susan. Good night, everyone. Good night. That's right. Blessed be. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, my love. I just got mine done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 80. 80. Woo! 80 big years. Yes. Blessed be. Bye, darling. Bye. 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 Bye